Welcome to In Our Experience, a podcast exploring the many ways of living well with Nourish Yoga Training. I'm your host, Harriet, yoga teacher and founder of Nourish. Today, my guest is Katie McNeil. Katie is a woman of many hats based in Oxford. She is a yoga teacher, admin enthusiast and community builder with people at the heart of everything she does. Her teaching vision is to offer a space for people to practice yoga and learn together as a community. Outside of teaching, Katie supports both Nourish and Everybody Studio with admin. She loves supporting businesses that are working towards similar goals as her own and gets a kick out of smoothly running systems. In her personal life, she has set up a housing cooperative with a group of friends where together they foster the wider community, grow food and share the highs and lows of life with each other. I adore Katie. She is my very wonderful assistant. Nourish would not run and my life would not run as smoothly without her. Um, And I had a really wonderful time chatting with her. We talked about our morning routines, finding the joy in admin, the process of becoming a yoga teacher and our shared love of baked beans. (laughs) I absolutely loved chatting with Katie and I can't wait to share this episode with you. So do let me know what you think. You can find how to contact us in the show notes. Right, here's my chat with Katie. Welcome to In Our Experience. Hey, it's lovely to see you. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm really excited for our chat. Um, As always, we're going to start every this episode like we start every episode asking what's nourishing you this week and I will share mine first um I'm going for a silly one (laughs) this week which is that I am really excited about my dinner I'm gonna have beans on toast yes (laughs) and just an ode to the baked bean for a moment. Yum. I really love baked beans. I'm with you. I literally had baked beans for breakfast. Yes. I had hash browns that you like chuck in the oven Ugh. and then I covered them in baked beans and it was fucking delicious and so good. And yeah, like I am here for that. I want that. I can't I can't have hash browns though because I don't have a freezer. Oh. I know it's really upsetting. It's really upsetting. I was at somebody's house on the weekend and they made me breakfast and there were hash browns and I was literally like, can I have all of them? Oh. <laughs> but I can't, but I don't have a freezer on the boat so I can that's never have tricky. them at home. Maybe that's a good thing because then I just eat hash browns like three meals a day. Yeah. I don't really see a problem with that. But I really love baked beans and people that don't like baked beans are snobs. I said it. Mm, yeah, all of my housemates judge me for it. What? I'm like, well, you know what? It's my go-to, like... Why do they... What's 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 the judgment? Um, I think they're, like, quite foodie. And they're, like, really nice foodie. I'm a nice foodie, foodie, though, but you're a foodie. Oh, uh, yeah. But we like also, food. baked beans are great. They're I feel nutritious, like <laughs> tasty. They've got sauce. You can put them with anything. Well, not anything, but, like... Most things. I feel like you should move immediately. <laughs> I, I controversially... This is the real controversial thing. Uh-oh. I... So, just... As a caveat, tonight I am planning to heat the babies up, (laughs) but I really enjoy eating them cold out of the tin. I've got home like pissed from a night out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like pull out my emergency tin of baked beans and sit there with a the spoon. I mean, I love it, but I can't. 
it's like oh they're so cold no it's so satisfying like I like them when they're heated up obviously with like I'm literally weeping <laughs> like I like it when they I like it when they're heated up with like buttery toast mm. or hash browns like I'm really angry about my lack of hash browns now but I don't know I think it's a it's a thing I did as a kid and I'm like, it's just stuck. Yeah. I did lots of strange things as a kid. I went through a period of eating like ketchup and margarine sandwiches. I also have ketchup on toast and I still do that sometimes. Like as a Describe it to me. Like really toasted toast. Yeah. Melted butter and then like a thin layer of ketchup. Yeah. And then just eat it. Interesting. Mm. I, I mean, I had... Like a jacket potato for my first lunch today. Yes, I had two, <laughs> two lunches. <laughs> I had a jacket potato for my first lunch today and I put ketchup on it. Nice, right? I know. I mean, it's potato. Yeah, so baked beans are what's nourishing me. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I have two, I am, if I'm allowed to. You're allowed to. Great. Uh, first one is also food related. As you know, I have recently had COVID and I got fed like a queen. I think in total, seven people from our community brought round pre-cooked or like home-cooked meals that we could just put in the microwave oh and eat. And I feel like fed by these random people. So that like nourished me soul-wise, but also food-wise. It majestic. was really good. I felt very special, like... I mean, I know that they did it for everyone in the house. So there's four of us in there. So these people were like bringing around so much food. (laughs) But hey, number two is that I had some time off, obviously, for COVID. And then I came back to teaching. Mm. And I had that moment of like teaching my first class. And I was like, I couldn't stop smiling. (laughs) It was kind of ridiculous. But also, I just felt so happy teaching and it kind of yeah. was that realization after seven months of teaching, like, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, that's what's nourishing me this Aww, week. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, we do have the best job in the world, except when it's not the best job in the world. Yeah, I but mean, most of the time. Caveats, there's some real, real not great bits, but. Yeah, most of the time it's pretty decent, though. It's pretty fun. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> a snuggly one. A little snuggly one. Um, let's let's talk about you. You're cool. the guest. So tell us, tell tell us, tell me a bit about your background mm-hmm. and what you do, because you know it. Spoiler alert, Katie. To anybody in the Nourish community that's ever received an email from <laughs> a Katie, this is Hi. the Katie. So tell us about you. Yeah, I mean, I work for Nourish. Um, I am a yoga teacher of seven months. I also work for another studio in Oxford, everybody. Um, and I do a little bit of volunteering, but it's like a completely different path to where I started out. Like mm. as a kid, I wanted to be a vet and then I studied art and then I was like, went and did fashion design and then moved to London and was doing this whole thing and then, you know, quit that because it's quite cliche but soul-destroying. Came back to Oxford and then I've had like a long 10-year administration career, I guess. Mm. Like most of that is PA work, Mm -hmm. other admin work, EA work. Um, 
and then eventually kind of circled around to just kind of questioning what it is I want to do with my life and I wanted to teach <laughs> although I only wanted to teach part-time like you know a class here and a class there it turns out that I enjoyed it too much and mm. have shifted more teaching than I am admin right now which is kind of cool well, that's nice yeah I yeah. think it'll probably ever like stay like that although yeah I can find some more work for you to do. <laughs> every every few months I have, Katie and I have a meeting and I'm like, so here's more of my job that I want you to do for me. Um, so I was, I was actually, I was thinking about this today in prep for, in prep for talking to you. I can't remember when I first met you. I really, I really can't. And I was like, when did I first teach Katie and I, I I like suddenly it was like you were there and then I can't remember a time when you weren't around so I think it would be when I moved back to Oxford so I lived up in Bicester for a few years okay and I was uh going to a gym that shall not be named um who had a great yoga teacher who wasn't like typical yeah gym yoga teacher and then when I moved back I found the basement studio oh (laughs) so I think it was in there yeah so the basement studio was it Tull Kitchen actually Tull Street Kitchen but when you had like the the smaller space yeah wait Mm. the fireplace oh the one with the fireplace Mm. okay yeah so that would have been like 2017 (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i'm not great on my dates but yeah, yeah that's maybe 2017 right. wow have i known you for five years mm-hmm. <laughs> wow that's kind of crazy right what is time <laughs> who knows who i knows? mean post-pandemic time doesn't really exist so just in a bubble <laughs> i know i feel like i lost two years but then also lived 10 at the same time yeah it's wild. It was, it was an interesting um, time. <laughs> well, I'm so, like, I'm so pleased that you are loving teaching. I, not not just for the, like, selfish gratification that, like, I trained you to be a yoga <laughs> teacher. But, but it is, well, because, like, some people don't have that experience, yeah. firstly. Like, some sure. people teach and it can feel really like a like a hard work Mm. and it's not that it's not that you don't work hard and you work very hard but it's really nice to hear that you're having that experience also because I know it's something that you're really nervous about Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah yeah yeah, tell us a little bit about that I mean I'm still nervous about it like I had literally what day am I on who am I Tuesday I had my first new class in like a small like um at arc t if anyone in oxford knows arc t and i was nervous as hell Mm. right it's a new class and Mm. even though i've been teaching for seven months and however many classes that is it's still like Mm. new space new people new space new people don't quite know who's coming yeah is it going to be the right fit um Am I going to be able to pay my bills? <laughs> when will uh, they invoice the perennial, me? <laughs> the perennial yoga teacher question. It was, yeah. I mean, there's spreadsheets for that one. Um, but yeah, I think originally when I put my application in, all those many moons ago to nourish or yoga quota at the time, like mm. I was terrified, but also 
really excited, I I guess maybe I could tell you the story about how I decided <laughs> to put my application in. Oh, how did you decide? I can't remember. I don't know this. Um, I was at a festival mm-hmm. and I signed up to a workshop on connection with someone mm-hmm. and they'd got these set of questions, which I think the New York Times or the New York Post must be Times did a piece on ages ago and it was like 20 questions to fall in love. Okay, I'm aware with the I'm aware of the yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were doing that but as a workshop but with like someone that, that you didn't know that wow. was to be friends with. Yeah, it was quite it sounds risky. <laughs> it was risky. So there was this person that I kind of vaguely knew. Now we're great friends, luckily. Oh. Um, and the idea was that we were going to do these questions and we were going to, at the end of it, share something that we were struggling with in our lives and we wanted advice with. Mm-hmm. And that idea was that like, after these 20 questions, the other person might be able to have some kind of insight into okay. what you were thinking and might be able to help bring you to that decision. And my thing that I was thinking about was teaching. Okay. And that person was like, you're an inspiration and you should go do the thing. Oh. I was like, okay, I go write my application. So I did. And then I, here we are. Oh. I know. Oh, that's a lovely story. And for anybody listening, like the application process is not that intense. You literally send me an email, which is like, I'd like to do some teacher training. And I'm like, let's have a chat about that. <laughs> and then... I people it, do the training. It's more the process of deciding, though, that was nervous for me. The process of deciding, like, yeah. Is this something that I'm going to fail at or is this something that like I can do am I allowed to do this kind of Mm. process so I think that's what I was hesitating on that's interesting Mm. (laughs) would you like to unpack that yeah I would (laughs) I would well because I feel like that's a very common experience for people coming or in people in that process of deciding to do teacher training they're worried that it's something like particularly not I should say as well that not everybody comes to a teacher training thinking mm. that they're going to teach. Yeah. But if you're coming with that sort of intention in mind, then, um, you know, you can sort of be like, oh, am I going to be bad at this? Mm, yeah. Um, so that's one thing. But then also, like, am I allowed to do this? I think is that's the more interesting one in there for me. So, like, why did you think you weren't allowed? Or why was there a question there? I think because I had only come to yoga, like, later in my life. Okay. I think because I lacked self-confidence. I think mm-hmm. because um, I felt not always at home in a yoga studio like there were spaces Mm. where I had found so at that point that's why I applied to that particular course is because I'd found a place where it felt like home on my mat and where I could practice in this space but not all places are like that not all places feel welcoming not all places like are accessible I guess um Therefore, why should I be like allowed to do this? Like what? Mm. That like I don't fit in here. <laughs> All of that schoolyard type mm. feeling of you're the one on the outskirts and you're not. Yeah, I think so many people feel that way about yoga spaces in general, and then like yoga trainings in particular. Um, well, I'm glad that you've overcame that me too and you navigated it <laughs> and and now you're a teacher and how how have you found 
How have you found the teaching journey? Um, it's, I mean, it has its challenges. Like I still have those feelings sometimes. I'm still like, oh my gosh, I'm an imposter. What am I doing here? Oh, mm. I'm at the front of the class. It doesn't really ah. go away. Yeah I, yeah. I kind of assume it never will, but, um, I think there's been ups and there's been downs, but I think the most, there's a couple of like moments of realization in there. And I think one of them was finding community of the teachers and that side of things. Mm -hmm. So like I'd already found a space to practice in and I've already found like my own practice on my mat and stuff. But when I started to get out there and teaching and when I got um, a place at a couple of local yoga studios, there was this community of teachers that were all like chatting and talking to each other and supporting each other and swapping classes and just, it was that realization of like, oh, there's even more to this than just teaching. There's like a whole world of things mm. out there um, that's going to help you. I think that has been a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm also just really, really lucky that I have a large career history in administration because <laughs> there's like so much more to teaching right than teaching mm -hmm. the words <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah definitely is, i mean i think it's really underestimated how much admin it is yeah like a lot like a lot like a lot of emails a lot of whatsapp a lot of organization um consistently like when i talk to teachers even who have been teaching a few years or many years when I talk to them, the the issue that they struggle with the most is like managing time mm -hmm. yeah. and like diary management, yeah. schedule management. And I think that's like, where I'm lucky though, because I've been a PA for like 10 years. During that time, I was like, most of my job was like checking someone's emails and scheduling their life. Mm. So I just switched it to my own, which is a bit weird. <laughs> so fine like my google calendar is like this colorful yeah I have everything really... is scheduled yeah. just in case yeah do you think my my curiosity i guess is mm. or my question is do you think you have a better understanding of how long things take because of that experience because my my theory is that the reason some people are really bad at scheduling in, and managing their time is that they don't have a good perspective on how long things actually take yeah that maybe actually yeah I hadn't thought of it like that but yeah like I guess my entire job was doing that and it did take up 37 and a half hours a week and there was still so much more I could have done. <laughs> it's a full-time job. It's probably more than a full-time job. Yeah. Just to do the scheduling thing. And then yeah. if you're teaching on top of it, that's, yeah. well, depending how many classes you're teaching, that's a second job mm. is still. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like for you at the moment? Oh, they're all so different. Um, I mean, I will, without fail, get up pretty early make a large pot of coffee and take it back to bed oh, that nice. is the one thing that is pretty much always there unless I've got something really early happening but that's rare um I am a big believer in not putting anything in my diary before 10 a.m that is 
before 10 a.m. is my time, with the exception of my favorite private clients who I teach on a Friday morning because I teach them at nine. But they're the only people that I'll do anything before 10 a.m. for. And that's still not too early. Like nine is, well, I mean, it depends if you're a morning person. (laughs) But we'll see. The thing is, is that it's not because I'm not a morning person. Mm. I am, but I want that time for me. Yeah, me too, right? Like that morning time is for me to drink my coffee and stare at the light coming Mm -hmm. in from outside Mm -hmm. (laughs) and think about, oh, that plant needs, you know, it's dying. It needs some care or like (laughs) all these little things that run through your brain or you want to read a bit or whatever. It's your time, right? Um, But yeah, and then I guess onwards from that, it depends which day it is and what class I've got to teach. I'll usually log straight into my emails when I'm like, okay, I'm up, I'm ready to go. I'm dressed and showered and stuff. I'll check all of the inboxes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then from there, it decides like, if there's priority items, whatever that priority item is, Mm. gets my attention first. So whether that's like my own yoga stuff, whether that's mm-hmm. nourished stuff, whether that's everybody stuff, whether mm-hmm. that's some random thing in my other old personal email mm-hmm. that I need to complete or something. Um, and then depending what it is, it'll be like an hour or two, maybe three of admin. And then I'll go feed the chickens. <laughs> oh, the chickens. <laughs> or like, you know, break and do something yeah. in the house. Yeah. Um, the house takes a lot of work. There's like always something to clean. There's always something to do. That's what mm. happens for living with lots of people. There's yeah. loads of stuff. Um, and yeah, and then I guess my afternoons are usually, there's always going to be a six o'clock class or a six o'clock something. Yeah. So again, afternoons are a bit weird. It's like, when do you eat dinner? Haven't figured that one out yet, but mm. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. The thing of like, That could be a whole podcast series of like, when do yoga teachers eat and what do you eat when? Because it's, you're usually teaching when you would be eating. Yeah. This morning at 11am, I made a roast dinner for this evening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because also like, then when do you cook? Right. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> my my strategy for evening classes was always eat before. Mm. So if I was teaching at seven, I would eat at like four. And then I would have a snack after teaching. And but then like when do when do you have lunch and what do you have for lunch? It you know, it gets a bit messy. It's also fine. It's like a small thing, right? And usually my housemates, I mean, recently we've all been sick, so it's been a bit tricky, but they love to cook. So Mm. there's going to be food around when I get home, which is nice. So I can just like pick up a little bit of whatever it is they've eaten for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Have that. Well, that's good. Which is kind of, well, I mean, it's not kind of handy. It's really handy. Yeah, it's really handy. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Pickles is not so good at cooking. Mm, but so cute. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. She's pretty good this morning. So I sort of have a similar vibe, but different. In the mornings, I get up and I make like about a liter of like hot lemon water, which I appreciate is like the most yoga teacher thing. I mean, like <laughs> I start my day with hot water and lemon. <laughs> but it's just habit. And like, I just, I just, it, 
helps wake me up and then I make tea but I do this gross thing of like leaving my tea bag to steep in the mug while I go and do a 20 minute sitting practice so when I Wait, come what's back what's wrong with that nothing I just okay, come back good. to like very strong tea <laughs> um but yeah so like I drink my hot lemon water leave the tea to steep and then go and do a 20 minute sitting practice um and have a little spot on the boat that I sit in and this morning When I was practicing, Pickles came and I had like a blanket around me because it was cold and she came and I could feel her like sniffing at me. So I like opened the blanket for her to get inside and she got in and like walked around a little bit and then got out and then like stood in front of me and put her paws up on my chest. And I was like, oh, you want to be picked up? <laughs> so I did like the last few minutes of my of my meditation practice, like holding pickles and like patting her and she was purring away. She was so happy. And I was like, this is a meditation practice of sorts. <laughs> I was just trying to be, I was trying to be really like mindful of the like, the, like the texture of her fur mm. and her warmth. And I was like, oh, this is quite sweet. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Cats are funny things. They like, we are just slaves to them, really. I know. <laughs> I saw this, I saw this, I don't know, through real on Instagram that was like dogs, like you feed them, you walk them, you pat them. They think you are God. <laughs> and with cats... <laughs> You feed them, you pat them, you water them. They think they are God. They are. <laughs> they really are. And I'm like, I sort of like, I, you know, there's like a self-confidence about cats. So I really. Yeah, that's why they're so good. Appreciate. They are pretty great. Mm. They're very scared of chickens though. Our cat is like really? terrified of the chickens. Interesting. She's quite small, like little tiny kitty. What's um, her name? Wednesday. Cute. Wednesday who has trained me well Mm. like she doesn't have a cat flap in the house so she's learned that I am the weak link in the house so that if she comes to my (laughs) my bedroom at any point during the day whether I'm trying to sleep whether I'm like you know midway through working on something whatever that is she will just like sit and just tapping on the window like let me out until I let her out which I obviously do after like a minute of being like, no, you can wait. And then <laughs> two minutes later, I'm like, okay, fine. Now I will. And then goes out for two minutes mm-hmm. and then does the same thing to come back in. She owns me. <laughs> Pickles has recently learned how to open the door on the boat. Which is <gasps> oh, just skill. like, yeah, I know. And she's also figured out how to jump onto the roof. Oh, I know. Like from the gangplank where you walk on. Um, danger zone <laughs> yeah I don't mind it I would rather her get used to it yeah, because like she's just like she's gonna have to figure it out eventually although it is hilarious when she falls in the river um but yeah no cats are cats are the best I mean I like dogs yeah don't get I would me have a dog but not on the boat and I would have a dog if it was mostly somebody else's responsibility <laughs> Would you like your friends to have dogs? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like if I ever, if I ever lived with a partner again, or if I ever had, you know, one day I'll have a partner again, I'm sure. But like, yeah. I would quite like them to have a dog. Nice. Yeah. And then I can enjoy all the benefits of that dog, but none of the responsibility. Yeah. My partner's housemates have a dog. So I have that, but That's it's nice. like, 
down the road, around the corner. That's so what, it's fine. <laughs> that's a great dog to have. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's funny. One of my favorite things that Katie has done. So Katie manages the like Nourish Community Library <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> and one of my favorite things that she's done is like introducing the pets that practice with the teachers. And she didn't tell me that she was doing it. And I logged into like our canva thing one day and I saw this like introducing Edie and I, I took a photo of it on my phone I think I sent it to Katie with like perfection <laughs> underneath Wow, they like appear so much like I feel really like whenever do. I watch them I'm like oh who is this little bean of cuteness so now now people know yeah. there's one coming up soon too oh. I've just got new pics from someone Ooh, it'll probably by the time this episode comes out it, it might they might be there. You go to our Insta- go oh, to the yeah, Instagram and see which pet has been revealed. Um, but Katie is also the person. Katie, like, the more I think about it, the more I just realise that my life could not function without you. <laughs> Katie is also the person that writes all of the descriptions for all of the practices on the community oh, yeah. library. I love doing that. You're just it's just, it's just remarkable. It's great, right? We like, had we had other people we had a few other people doing it at the beginning. And then once we got into it, Katie just Katie just took over. I forget I do that. It's like one of those I can I think that's what my life is made up of these days. It's like little tasks that I do like once every two weeks. So like once every two <laughs> weeks I'll log into that particular bit of the website or not website, spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet. Of course it's a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> and work away. Yeah. Spend a few hours yeah. writing some class descriptions. Yeah. Like, it's so relaxing. I it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> no, I, I really like it. I think I think one of the things that people often misunderstand about yoga teaching is that they think it's this really romantic thing. I've talked about this on the podcast before with Simran, with various other people, but people have this idea that it's like super romantic and you like, you teach yoga and you have a lovely, like relaxing, bendy, strong, stretchy time, Mm -hmm. you know, however you're practicing that day. But I'm like, no, 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 no. We are still run by spreadsheets. Oh yeah. (laughs) There's so many nourished spreadsheets, everybody. We do. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the behind the scenes. That's a scoop. (laughs) Is that uh, (laughs) we love a spreadsheet. And most, most of the time what I'm doing is emailing Katie with a spreadsheet being like, I did this. (laughs) <laughs> now it's your turn and it's always beautifully colored it's lovely. i know i really pride myself <laughs> i really pride myself on a beautifully colored spreadsheet they said it's so satisfying like my marketing yeah, my marketing uh, spreadsheet i copied that one for the uh like i know you did you changed one. the colors i did yeah it's just so it's fine like, you know, yeah it's, it's got its own vibe but it, that's that spreadsheet works really well maybe i should share a screenshot of it somewhere with people because they're now like they're like what is this wonderful spreadsheet um but no it just divides like it's like a calendar but it was like what was useful for my brain i think that's the other thing is that when it comes to like being a business owner and being self-employed and being a yoga teacher it's about figuring out how to make these processes and the things that you need to do work for you yes rather than trying to do it how you think you should be doing it um that's a yeah that's a great point I think like that's something I so I love teaching mm. but I also do admin and I don't hate admin I love admin like it was my career for like 10 years. Like, yeah. I love it. I love a process. I love like, you know, taking something that someone is doing and being like, 
you're doing 10 things you don't need to here. Mm. How many of you just do this? And sometimes it works for them. Like, admittedly, sometimes it doesn't work for them. But, mm. like, if you can streamline a process and it takes out loads of things for them, it's just, ah, oh, their life becomes easier. Your life becomes easier. Everybody's happy. It's great. That's wonderful. I mean, admin is satisfying. I don't yeah. mind doing admin. I just feel really lucky to be in a position where I can pay somebody else to do most of it for me. <laughs> so thank you. Well, I think I was talking, I was talking to, um, I can't remember who I was talking to. I talked to, talked to a lot of people this week, but talking about how, oh, we can support ourselves. Like being self-employed, you're like, you're supporting yourself. You're, you know, taking care of yourself. You're like making your own money. You're the only one that's responsible for that. I think one of the most satisfying things for me is like, not only do I do that for myself, but I play a role in like doing that for other people. Mm -hmm. And like, it was so important to me during the pandemic to like keep going for everybody yeah. It was amazing that that happened, right? Well, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of hard work and a lot yeah. of stress. I bet. <laughs> that we got there. Um, but yeah. For no. those of you that don't know, I was on the course, like the stream that started yeah. just before the pandemic. You are. We were like two months in and you then it was like, the world has gone to Yeah, shit. and then you finished online. Yeah. I know. But it was magic that that happened, right? I mean, it wasn't magic. It was a lot of hard work on your half. Yeah. Half. But for for this for me as a student at that point to have this thing that was still constant, I know that came through. I know that like continuity oh was so important to me. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like those weekends were precious. Oh, I'm really pleased to hear you say that. And like, I'm pleased that you're here. <laughs> I'm pleased that you love doing my admin for me. <laughs> um, it's really wonderful. Um. So before we before we finish, I have a listener question Ooh. for you. Oh gosh, um, it's just a really small, straightforward one. Mm-hmm. Do we overcomplicate happiness? Mm, I don't know. Do we? I think I don't. <laughs> That's Katie's my looking, answer. Katie's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think like it can be really easy to overcomplicate it. Yeah, I agree, but. I try really, really, really hard not to. And I think that's why I like mornings so much. I'm just going to like roll back Mm. in there. Like you get up and I'm just staring at the light. I think people don't necessarily overcomplicate happiness, but misunderstand how happiness arises. Mm. Like I think. Explain. Explain. (laughs) Well, um, I think that, and this is like not, not new information that I'm sharing with anybody. And if you've been listening to the podcast or, you know, been a student of mine, you've heard me say this like 10,000 times, but you can't decide to be happy. Like Mm. happiness isn't something that like you can flick a switch. It's also not something that can be like attained. It's not a goal. It's like, you know, you can't set a goal to be happy, but what you can do is work to create the conditions for happiness to arise. Mm. So I think, we overcomplicate things by focusing on chasing, chasing happiness. Whereas if we sort of take a step back and what we do is focus on creating the conditions in our own lives, bodies, minds, communities for happiness to arise, then it becomes a much more straightforward, like it's not necessarily easier, mm-hmm. but it's more like integrated perhaps. 
Yeah. Do you think there's something in like noticing the small things as well? Like happiness not having to be this like big thing that you're trying to achieve everywhere in your life, but you could like pick out those small things from your day, which are like, oh yeah, these were three really happy, tiny moments in my day. And then you can... totally yeah and that's where tools like you yoga can yoga meditation can be so useful because they can make you more sensitive and more attuned to those moments of happiness when they are there but yeah there's definitely some work to be done around like reframing redefining what happiness is i mean it's quite a vague term in itself right like what is happiness made of (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know (laughs) Is it made of joy? Is joy happiness or joy and happiness the same thing? Joy joy to me is easier to define than happiness. Mm, Yeah. And is that because happiness is such this vague thing? It's a bit like sadness too. It's like such a big word. Yeah. And it has lots of like things attached to it. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. No, I agree. It's full of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Overcomplicate something else. <laughs> and then and then let's and then let's come back to happiness. Um wonderful Katie. Well I have just loved chatting mm. with you. I mean, as I do most days. Um where can where can our listeners find you? Mm, good question. So I am a heavy Instagram user. So you can find me at my Instagram, which is Katie McNeil Yoga. Or my website, which is the same with .org at the end. Or my email, which is the same with at Gmail instead. Um, Yeah, and then I'm around Oxford here and there and everywhere at Prana Studio, Everybody and Upti. Or if you email the hello at Nourish (laughs) inbox, you'll find me. That's Um, where Katie is. (laughs) That's where I am. I'm like, you know, attached to my email. Or you'll find me hanging around a coffee shop on Maudlin Road, most likely. Mm, Yeah. Yoga teaching brought to you by coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to In Our Experience. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. We love hearing what you think and it makes a really big difference. In the meantime, until the next episode comes out, why not check us out on our Instagram account at Nourish Yoga Training or pop us an email via our website. See you soon.